another short week for Wyoming ahead of the rivalry game. Hey everyone, welcome into the latest edition of the Postcast, production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I am Davis Potter, Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune. It is border war week and it is election week, which by the way, this is going to be a politics free podcast um, in part because I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon before any of the election results are in. And also, I don't know about what you guys experienced this week, but uh, I'm sort of tired of just seeing everybody go at each other's throats, you know, just with candidates and and everything of that sort. I'm sort of over it. So uh, whether you are a regular listener to the Pokescast or you are here to uh, get a break from the current political climate, uh, welcome. Appreciate everyone for listening. This podcast is going to be similar to the setup uh, from last week. Uh, We are going to preview this uh, Wyoming-Colorado State matchup. And then I will talk to Kevin Lytle, who covers Colorado State for the Fort Collins Coloradoan, in the second segment. So stay tuned for that. So let's go ahead and dive into this. Uh, The 112th rendition of the Border War will be played Thursday night between Wyoming and Colorado State at Canvas Stadium in Fort Collins. Game is set for a 7 o'clock kickoff and will be televised on the CBS Sports Network. And this is a game really that Wyoming comes into with all the momentum. Uh, you know, coming off that convincing win over Hawaii, uh, Colorado State, meanwhile, did not look good in its opening game at Fresno State. Uh, Rams lost that game 38-17 to and were trailing by four touchdowns at one point. And the question for Colorado State is, what are they going to do at quarterback? Uh, first year coach Steve Adazio sort of surprised everyone when uh, incumbent Patrick O'Brien did not get the start against Fresno State and went with uh, Todd Centeno, the grad transfer from Temple. And it did not go well for Centeno in his first start with the Rams. Uh, completed less than 50% of his passes. Uh, he's more of the, the mobile option of the two. He did rush for, I think, almost 90 yards in that game, but just really did not get in any sort of a rhythm. Uh, and then he was pulled late when uh, Colorado State was trailing 38-10. to 10. Patrick O'Brien came in, uh, completed seven of ten passes in garbage time, and, and, and threw a touchdown. Now, I don't know how much stock you want to put in that when he played half a quarter in mop-up duty, essentially, uh, with you know Fresno State probably playing some backups at that point. But it's going to be interesting to see what Steve Adazio does this week. Now, he told reporters down in Fort Collins on Monday that he's already made his decision, uh, but he's not going to you know reveal it publicly. Obviously, there's really no benefit to him doing that, as he mentioned. But I do wonder if Patrick O'Brien might be the better fit going into Wyoming. Because, you know, there was a lot of talk last week about Chevin Cordero at Hawaii and and him being a more mobile quarterback. And, you know, what he did against Fresno the the very first week of their season, you know, with his legs rushing for, you know, more than 100 yards and the problems that... A lot of people, including myself, thought that might give Wyoming, and uh, that didn't happen. And uh, Wyoming, you know, has been really stout against the run the last few years. They've proven uh, to, to be that again this year through two games at least. But the passing game is where Wyoming has been vulnerable. Now, they performed a lot better against Hawaii last week, but, you, but you, I think Patrick O'Brien is the better fit, uh, you know, in terms of how – Colorado State really likes to attack. I mean, this was one of the better passing offenses in the Mountain West last year. You know, they don't have Warren Jackson, who was their all-everything receiver, preseason Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. is going to be a high draft pick in, in next year's NFL draft. He opted out to get ready for the draft. But they've still got an NFL tight end in Trey McBride. They're getting their dynamic sophomore receiver back in Dante Wright, who missed last week's game because of COVID protocols. 
He's also a really dangerous returner for them. So they've got some weapons on the outside. And with, with the way Wyoming's defense has, has struggled at times to to contain the pass, I do, I do wonder if, if that's something that you know Steve Adazio looks at and says, you know, we might want to just go with that rather than the, the, the more dual-threat quarterback that, that really didn't work last week against Wyoming. Um, so I, I think it's going to be Patrick O'Brien. I mean, I'm not reporting that. I don't. I don't know. Obviously, don't cover Colorado State and don't know what's going on inside that camp. But um, you know, Colorado State is obviously being very tight-lipped about it. But I would. I would be surprised if Patrick O'Brien doesn't get the start. He actually played pretty well for them in the second half of last season. Um, you know, had some success against Wyoming in last year's game, although they didn't score a whole lot of points. And that 17 to seven win for Wyoming in Laramie last season. But if you're looking at this matchup on paper. You would think that your your best chance to try to move the ball and score points in this Wyoming defense would be through the air. But I guess we'll all sort of find out together on Thursday once this thing kicks off exactly what Colorado State's plan is with their quarterbacks and how much they might rotate those guys. Because I do think, regardless of who they start, I think we're going to see both quarterbacks play on the other side of the ball. I think this has the potential to be another breakout game for Xavier Valade. You know, he ran for 163 yards last year. Last year, last week, um, on 32 carries, um, again, Titus Swin has opted out this season. So basically, they're you know they're going to ride X and Trey Smith as long as they can. Things stay healthy. Um, but I, I think when you look at Colorado State's defensive performance last week against Fresno State, for whatever reason, they just didn't cover the running back out of the backfield for the first three quarters of that game. Uh, Ronnie Rivers, Fresno State's really good all-purpose back. So I had a field day against him, caught five passes for nearly 70 yards, had a touchdown. And I'm sure Wyoming's coaching staff has looked at that film or viewed that film and has seen that on tape and probably thinks, boy, that's something we can exploit. And, and, and you know, what Colorado State's going from one really good back or all-purpose back, I should say, to another in Xavier Valaday that it has to try to contain – and, you know, anybody that's watched Wyoming the last couple of years, you know Xavier Valadez is just as much of a, of a receiving threat out of the backfield as he is a runner. Uh, you think back to the Nevada game last year, the bowl game against Georgia State, um, some of those games where he had close to, if not over 100 yards receiving and had, you know, 200-plus all-purpose yards. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if you see Wyoming try to use him a little bit more as a receiver, get him isolated on some linebackers, you know, and use his speed for some mismatches there. So um, that's something to watch. Now, look, I don't, I expect Colorado State's defense to be a little better in this game. You got to remember, Colorado State's only played one game to this point. Their original opener against New Mexico was canceled because of COVID issues. Um, so, you know, the, the, everybody's sort of breaking every, everything in for the first time. And, and, you know, you might attribute that to maybe some, some, just some coverage busts, um, guys not being where they're supposed to be, or, you know, sort of working out the kinks of that first game. That's actually something I talked about with, with Kevin. Uh, but even if Colorado State doesn't have any coverage busts and they cover, you know, Xavier Valaday and, and any of Wyoming's other running backs out of the backfield, you still like those matchups in those situations. And maybe there was some, some passes you can sort of hit early on in the game to get Levi Williams some confidence, get him more of a groove. Is, is his passing game still, you know, continues to try to sort itself out? You know, again, they didn't have to use the pass a lot last week because they were so effective running the ball. And obviously that's going to be Wyoming's MO. I mean, that's... We've talked about it in nauseam under Craig Bowl. That that is their identity. There's no mistaking that they're going to try to run the ball at you, wear you down, and and, and play defense. But you know, I, I do think this might be a chance for 
uh, this passing game to maybe get in a little little bit more of a rhythm and get get some confidence uh, going forward against uh, maybe some of these better defenses that you're going to face uh, in these last five or six games. I'm also very curious to see if this Colorado State run defense is for real or not because they have not faced – this is going to be a totally different challenge, obviously, going against this, this Wyoming offensive line and these running backs that the Cowboys have. But they were able to hold Fresno State to less than 90 yards rushing last week. Um, again, that may be just be because of, of the game plan and, and because Fresno State had so much success throwing the ball. I think they threw for more than 300 yards in that game. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, uh, if, if, if that's for real or not in terms of Colorado State's defense because Colorado State was not good at all last year in, in stopping the run. Um, obviously, Steve Adazio brings a little bit of more physical edge to him. That's – sort of what he's known for, his teams are known for, running the ball, trying to stop the run. But again, obviously just a, a much more monumental challenge for this Colorado State defense from what they're going to uh, see from this Wyoming offense and, and, that, and that running game that the Cowboys possess. So I think if Wyoming can, can do what it does, don't turn the football over, uh, which they did a pretty good job of last game. Xavier Valde had the one fumble, but that was their only turnover. Um, and then th- this defense sort of make. Colorado State one-dimensional. Uh, you know, if you if you can stop the running game uh, and you can start get after Patrick O'Brien or Todd Sintero, whichever one plays or plays the most reps, you know, you got to like your chances if you're Wyoming. Uh, this is a game that they've won four years in a row, going for their fifth straight Border War win, which has not been done on either side since Wyoming won seven straight uh, back in the late '60s and early '70s. And going for their third straight win in Fort Collins, which also has not been done since that time. A um, couple of roster notes: uh, you know, Rabonte Holt and Garrett Crawl aren't likely to play this week. Uh, you know, Craig Bowles already ruled Garrett Crawl out again for the third straight week with that foot injury, and then Rabonte Holt, he said, is doubtful to play this week with an undisclosed injury. Um, now, I, I'm not sure if it's the same knee injury that, that he had last year, if it's to the same knee that, where he had the, the ACL tear last season. Um, but, man, you got to give it up to the rest of this interior defensive line. I, I said this before, but I, I, don't, I don't think there's a position on this roster that was affected more by attrition, whether that be guys being out, out of eligibility or uh, opting out than the defensive line. And, you know, you, you lose Garrett Crawl. Now you don't have Ravante hold, at least for this week. But uh, how about Jordan Bertinoli, the walk-on from Casper, who really was not going to be a significant part of, of Wyoming's plans in terms of their defensive line rotation this year. But it's been forced into a significant role with all the attrition. And, and now with Ravante hold out, likely this week, uh, he's in line for his first career start and uh, had a career-high seven tackles last week, two-and-a-half tackles for loss, a sack-and-a-half. Uh, he's really been a revelation early for this in this season for Wyoming, and they've really needed him to be because there's just not much else at that defensive tackle spot right now. Uh, but you've got to give it to this defense, and this defensive front in particular for hanging in there, uh, making Hawaii one-dimensional last week. And, and that is going to be the objective this week so that you can you can pin your ears back and, and get after whichever quarterback is in the game for the Rams. But uh, go ahead and uh, take a break there. And when we come back on the other side, I will talk to Kevin Lytle, Colorado State beat writer for the Fort Collins, Colorado.
Welcome back into the postcast, and now we're going to get the perspective from the other side, from Kevin Lytle, uh, Colorado State beat writer for the Fort Collins Coloradoan. Uh, I'm going to let this conversation play out the rest of the podcast. As always, be sure to check out Trib.com and PokesAuthority.com for any coverage you may have missed throughout this week leading up to the game and all of our post-game coverage. Uh, our Rapid Reaction podcast will be coming first thing Friday morning. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Pokes Authority. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter. Thanks, as always, for listening. And without further ado, here is Kevin Lytle. Well, Kevin, th- thanks for uh, taking some time to talk with me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Always good to, to be talking some border war action. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, uh, I want to get into that here in a second. But first, I, I just want to ask you about the, the Steve Adazio hire itself. Because, uh, you know, they made a hire for, for a guy who, you know, hadn't won a ton at his previous head coaching jobs, didn't doesn't really have any ties to the western part of the country. Uh, and then, obviously, you had all the... Uh, you know, allegations of racial insensitivity and, and violation of COVID protocols and all that stuff, which uh, should be mentioned that, that Steve was sort of cleared of any wrongdoing there. But I'm just curious, from the fans' perspective, you're down there obviously covering this program. What has been the overall reaction to the, his hiring? Yeah, it's been pretty interesting and kind of a, a up and down, you know, way back in December, which, you know, especially with this year, that feels like a, a million years ago. But, um, it was pretty downbeat uh, response from the fans when he was hired. I think uh, it, it was about as negative as I think you can get from, because most people were happy to see a change from Mike Bobo um, just because the results hadn't been there. Uh, so normally, you know, a, a new hire, you're going to get some buzz pretty much no matter what, just because people, you know, change is exciting for people. But pretty initially, people were, were kind of, I guess, confused, surprised, because like you said, his his record as a head coach, it was exactly 500 entering this year, and nothing really great. But um, basically, Joe Parker and uh, the, the athletic director seemed to lean really heavily on he wanted a guy with head coaching experience, and, and that kind of won the day. And uh, yeah, we could go way into the Urban Meyer impact on it as well because he played a big role but um so so it was definitely i guess skepticism at first uh but then over the months you know they started getting a lot of early commits um much earlier commits than than bobo had been getting and and you know how recruiting goes uh fans can pretty much talk themselves into any player you know looking good on paper as far as recruiting and you know they were getting kids from in-state which is you know something that was a big kind of uh point of irritation with the Bobo Bobo and staff. So um, that had built some excitement um, there. But then, yeah, some of the allegations caused a little bit of negativity from some, you know, some parts of the fan base. But really, I think it was mostly like, okay, let's, let's finally get to the season. Like, like most everyone, it's like, let's finally get to games. And then, yeah, it's just one game. You don't want to put too much into it. But obviously, the way things went in Fresno last week for the Rams was um, – not a great start again you know that that doesn't necessarily mean anything he could go on to to great things um moving forward but it certainly wasn't a great start um following a hire that like I say there was certainly some skepticism about and as you mentioned the games are here and a pretty big win for uh you know coaches players and fans on both sides of this rivalry just what what has uh Steve and even some of Colorado State's players uh, what have they said about this matchup 
Um, you know, a lot of what you expect. It's very important. Steve Adazio, obviously, this will be his first border war, but he's, you know, talked about how important it is. Even, you know, going back again to December, his intro press conference, um, he clearly had been briefed on the the uh, background of CSU not winning rivalry games for, for years now um, and has continued to talk about the importance of that. Um, obviously, that's all kind of standard stuff. You know, Barry Wesley, a, a Colorado kid who's been in the program for years, Today he was talking about, um, you know, that feeling of when Wyoming is his redshirt freshman season, Wyoming racing across the field at Canvas Stadium to to grab the boot. And the basically the horrible feeling that was. He was, you know, talking with one of the transfers about that. He said about um, what that feeling is like and and how he basically wants to do the reverse of it now. Um, so yeah, it's it's certainly one that's that's on everyone's minds, and especially when you. Um, consider the the pretty horrendous recent history of CSU and rivalry games. There, you know, their three trophy rival games are, are Wyoming, Wyoming, uh, Wyoming Air Force, excuse me, and Colorado, and they're zero and twelve, uh, or they've lost twelve straight of those. So, uh, fans, players alike, are pretty desperate to get one of those trophies <laughs> back. Yeah, that's uh, that's not great for sure. Um... But in speaking of, of just on the field, it seemed like Adazio had his quarterback to work with and uh, Patrick O'Brien, and then uh, he sort of pulls a surprise on everybody and uh, starts a Todd Centeno, the, the transfer from Temple. I, I'm just curious how much that surprised you, and, and who do you expect to start and maybe get most of the playing time on Thursday? Yeah, it was, for a while, I, I kind of assumed that Patrick O'Brien was going to get the start just because he was, you know, the incumbent. He, you know, he he has some issues, but he had pretty good success last year. And you figured it's easiest from a, you know, almost an optics standpoint to just stick with the guy who was here and and see how he can work in the new system. And then if you need to change, uh, but then when it got to game week and Adazio basically kept dodging quarterback questions, you really started to think, oh man, like, uh, you know, why? It, it's not a surprise if he were to name the returning starters. So the fact that he very clearly was not naming him kind of got us thinking that, okay, you know, there might be a switch here. And, and sure enough, that happened. And, um, you know, his pretty curious, I guess, reasoning as behind it, basically a couple of their top receivers were out due to contact tracing uh, COVID protocols. And basically Adazio said he wanted a running quarterback because of those weapons being out. Um, and it worked for a little bit, you know, first quarter, really the offense looked dangerous, but then Fresno state realized, um, the passing wasn't really much of a threat. And so they kind of locked down on the run game, uh, moving forward. I, I expect Patrick O'Brien on Thursday. Um, I think there'll be a little bit of a fan, riot On Twitter, if it's not Patrick O'Brien to start, <laughs> uh, but on the flip side, Steve Adazio does not care about a fan, riot On Twitter. So, uh, I wouldn't guarantee it. Um, you know, if you're a betting person, I'm not sure I would go to the bank with that. But I expect it to be Patrick O'Brien. But uh, as we saw last week, um, you don't know for sure. Yeah. And do you think there's a quarterback that works better, uh, you know, against Wyoming's defense? Because, you know, there was so much talk about Hawaii's quarterback, Chevin Cordero, and his mobility, you know, coming to that game last week. And, you know, Wyoming pretty much shut him down, shut down that whole offense. Uh 
Uh, it would seem like Patrick O'Brien, he had some success in the border war last year. Wyoming struggled at times to to stop the passing game. Is there, Do you think Patrick O'Brien just fits better against this Wyoming defense or at least gives Colorado State the better chance offensively? Yeah, I think so because um, he has the ability to blow the top off a of defense with a deep ball. I mean, especially now Dante Wright. Um, you know, freshman All-American should be back this week. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that can stretch the field. Ty McCulloch, another sophomore, he's he's a good downfield threat. You throw in Trey McBride, a, a really good tight end. And you have a lot of weapons there. And, and Patrick O'Brien, don't get me wrong, he's not a running quarterback. But he's mobile enough that you can still do a few little things, you know, read option type things to keep the defense honest. And then I guess my my thing with the quarterbacks is you could still start O'Brien and bring Centeo in for a series here and there to completely change the pace and throw off a defense. Um, So I think that's what's going to happen. My guess is O'Brien starts, but we'll see some Centeo. But yeah, I think with with the skill players that CSU has, like, yes, Warren Jackson's gone, so the receiving core isn't as dominant as it was expected to be, but still a pretty good receiving core when they have everyone available. And I think they need to do that because, you know, yeah, Adazio's history as, is as a ground and pound type of type of team. But they don't, you know, CSU doesn't have the guys to do that. The O-line can't, you know, maul a D-line kind of like Wyoming's can. They don't have a running back that can dominate uh, a game. So so I think O'Brien and his passing ability is, is their best way to win. And on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, Colorado State gave up obviously a lot of yards and points, but it was sort of the opposite of maybe what what I expected and what they did last year. You know, where they were they were kind of bad against the the run, but last week they held Fresno State to less than ninety rushing yards. I know some sack totals, you know, sort of played into that, but you know, is there a do you think that's an abnormality, or do you think this Colorado State run defense, which is obviously going to be tested against Wyoming, uh, is, is supposed to be improved this year? Yeah, it's a good question, and it's going to be tough, or it's tough to say right now because Fresno State didn't really need to use the rush game, especially early, because they just kept finding wide-open receivers, and and often, especially in the first half, it was running backs uh, coming out of the backfield just completely wide open, just totally blown assignments. Um, So, you know know how it goes. When you find something that's working, you stick to it, and they kept finding open receivers, so, you know, why bother – you know, trying to force the run game when everything's working through the air. Um, an interesting thing for me with the Wyoming matchup is CSU didn't use a ton of different D linemen, didn't rotate much. Uh, one of their top interior guys, Devin Phillips, didn't play last week. Um, so that's going to play a role because, uh, as you know, obviously Wyoming will just keep coming and coming and coming. You know, you, you may be doing a good job for three quarters and then you just kind of collapse because they've worn you down the fourth um so that's going to be pretty interesting to me to see uh who plays and and how how frequently they rotate how many bodies they use to try and uh, stay fresh against wyoming's um front there uh so it's going to be a big test i you know i just got a reader question um about exactly what what you were saying. I said, well, we're going to know a lot more about the D-line in a week because, yeah, they got some sacks against Fresno. They did some things well, um, but we'll learn a lot more about especially their run defense uh, Thursday night in what's always kind of a battle in the trenches. Yeah, that's a good point uh, that you made about the about the re- or lack of rotation, I guess, along the defensive front for CSU because, yeah, Wyoming does have a tendency to to wear you down 
up front with their running game. But you also brought up another point I was I was going to hit on, and that was the, the running back out of the backfield. I mean, Colorado State hardly covered Ronnie Rivers at all the other night. And they're obviously going from one really good all-purpose back to another in Xavier Valade, who uh, you know is just as much a receiver, or can be used just as much a receiver as he is a runner. Um, did Adazio say anything about what was going on with that coverage? And is that something you think Wyoming might be able to exploit? Yeah, he basically blamed it all on just blown assignments, guys not being in the right places. Um, he he didn't seem to feel or suggest that there were schematic issues, just guys kind of being lost, which, to be fair, I think is not completely unexpected when you have a whole new system, and obviously training camp has been um, completely abnormal, so you probably haven't gotten the, the type of reps you would you know, normally get. So I don't think it's a complete shock there, but I certainly think it's football is a copycat sport. So you know Wyoming's sitting there watching that tape and going, oh boy, you know we might be able to exploit some things. And you also wonder if they might um, use that almost as some decoys of, of fake one way and go the other, um, knowing CSU is probably going to be overly focused on shutting that down after what happened. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a fun little chess match to, to see how that goes um, and what CSU does, like you say, try and stop a, a really good um, back that can do a lot of different things. And I know this is only the second game of the Adazo era there at CSU, but, you know, as we mentioned in the open, just all the things that have sort of surrounded it and gone on, I mean – and you mentioned the the lack of success that they've had in rivalry games. I mean, how big of a game is this for for Steve Dazio? Yeah, I think it's very significant. Um, you know, for the coaching staff, you know, they're probably sitting there saying, you know, we've we've had one game, like you know, game two can't be huge. You know, how's that work? But but the people that pay the money, you know, that have season tickets that donate to the the booster club and all that. They've sat through, like I say, 12 straight rivalry losses. That's huge. I mean, that's four straight seasons that CSU hasn't won a rivalry game, which is, you know, frankly, that's right there is why Mike Bobo got fired. Um, right. So it's, it is big. And, and because of that, and you combine that with some of the skepticism of Adazio's, you know, mediocre, I guess we'll call it, success at his other stops – and this is a this is a significant game. If you go in Thursday and CSU beats Wyoming and gets the boot back, all is good. The Fresno game, no one will think about that again. You know, everyone's happy um, for the time being. But if you lose, all of a sudden you're 0 2. You've lost another rivalry game. And not to look ahead, but the week after CSU goes to Boise State, which isn't generally a, a winnable game for the Rams or, or really anyone else very often. So um, I do think this is a very important game you know, early in the Adazio tenure. <laughs>